You're listening to the 405 Exchange Podcast. My name is Ken Grandpierre, and today's episode is with Jojo Abbott. How would I describe Jojo Abbott? Prior to this talk, I would have described her as a musician, a dancer, a writer, and a visual artist. But after this talk, it's become clear to me that she doesn't abide by such descriptors, that the element of wearing an occupation like a mask doesn't ring true to her beliefs and her principles. And that it's the act of being, of existing, that nearly sits next to the truth of her story. One of the things we pride ourselves with on this podcast is the exchange of ideas of people who are different than us. People who lead different lives, have ideas born by different experiences, and people who have a story to share. When I think back to this talk, I can't think of, of a better example of an exchange that showcases what this series is all about. So with that, I leave you with this. This is the 405 Exchange with Jojo Abbott. Enjoy. When did your journey in music begin? I'll say from birth, not because I'll, you know, in that cheesy sense, like, I started singing when I was three. Because everyone was singing when they were three. Uh, you know, you know That's I mean? a very good point. One people say I was singing since I was like one. It's like, yeah, we it's all like, could have yeah, been artists no. if our parents didn't kill that shit out of us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, we all could have been fantastic creative people. I think we're born creative. Um, so it's pop, it's a thing, it's a, it's a seed that has been within from generations before, I guess. But there's a correlation between having that as something that you do for leisure and then having something you actually pursue as part of your life. Like I think it's rebellious to choose to do that. I agree. Because especially, well, it's actually interesting to delve this into with you because particularly in like um, America and Europe where I'm particularly from, it's like with those societies, it's kind of like an act of conformity. It's kind of like having that be squandered within you. Would you say that's the case in Africa as well? At I least think Africa, the reason why we didn't make art a big thing is because art is our existence, right? So art became a commodified thing when the West came back to us and said, Oh, you know this thing that you do every day? You can make money off of it, right? <laughs> you can export it. Um, I come from a society and a community that is inherently creative. You know, you didn't sing because you have the best voice in the world. And whatever the best voice is, I think is very... Our understanding of a good voice is very different from the Western understanding of what a good voice is. Completely. When I started singing, I, I, people in the West told me to shut, shut up, don't sing. I auditioned for choirs. I was told I sucked. Um, and so I really realized that my very existence has been in, I guess, a rebellious response to Western existence and Western understanding, which aims to glorify the being. You know, it's like nothing is a gift anymore. Nothing is, um, you're not privileged to be able to do something. It's more so... Like a commodity, would that be? Yeah, it's a fucking commodity. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? It's exactly. Like, it's like you were given a gift and suddenly make money off of it, but it's a gift. Exactly, and it's, it's this weird thing within society. It's supposed society. to be a service to people. Exactly, and there's this weird thing in society where it almost tricks you into thinking, at least Western society, where you're tricked into thinking that your only existence is to make money. And that's why when these questions come in, I'm like, but these questions don't even make sense to me because I don't, I can't relate to the question. <laughs> well, I want to go deeper to that because something that I was really excited about when I knew I was going to be talking to you is knowing where you're from. So that's really interesting for most of the people listening now. They probably only have not even like 5% of an understanding of where you're from. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of people might, which is Ghana, of course, there's people who've definitely like read about it online and things of that nature. Possibly. But I don't know. I don't know who's listening. Hi! <laughs> but I guess I bring that up because I would love to hear you talk, describe your home. As particularly for people who might not really have a window to it. Well, you know, it's funny. The more I talk about my home, the more people are able to relate, right? And they go, oh, wait, I grew up in a similar environment. Um, I grew up in a... I was born in a small town. I'm not a city girl. Uh, I was born in a small town called Ho of the Volta region. Uh, I'm very much a small town girl. Um, I grew up between Ghana and the U.S. And I think where I'm from is more about the physical location. It's less about the physical location and more about the DNA and the spirit that's passed on. Really? Um, what do you mean by that? Where I'm from, as an Ewe, it's not something that not a location-based thing. Ewe's have been nomads for as long as our history is accounted for. Um, we moved a lot. We moved a lot as a result of oppression, as a result of unfavorable um, circumstances, whatever it might be. Ewe's, my people have been known to migrate a lot. Um, so our existence has been left behind and shared with people as we've moved along. So Ewe's are in Togo, Benin, a bit of Cote d'Ivoire. You find even a little bit of, of, of uh, a presence of Ewe's in Burkina Faso and then in Ghana, right? So we move around a lot. We have brothers and sisters all over the place. And my mother is very quick to remind me of that. Um, but really, it's understanding that who I am is not really location-based. And I think that inherent, embedded knowledge has allowed me to move around a lot and not necessarily um, perform my existence or my identity based on where I'm physically located. Would you say so, some of... Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> so when you ask me where am I from, I'm from Ghana, yes, but I'm from many generations before. In regards to what you said there about the spirit, because I find myself very intrigued by that, do you think that's kind of correlated in regards to the people you find yourself surrounded by, particularly people who mean the most to you? I think frequency. Frequency attracts others of similar frequency. So I would like to trust that who I am on the inside definitely draws similar spirits to me. Yeah. Um, it probably draws not-so-similar spirits as well. But it's all from within. What's within draws in what's without. Yeah, you know, I've seen videos of you performing live, and it's all, like, I really want to ask you about this, because watching the way you perform, it's almost like you are completely enraptured within the moment. And I bring that up because <laughs> that's not what you see all the time with other performers. I don't want to... You're so private on stage. <laughs> like, yeah, my whole world. 
Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't want to, like, talk badly about other performers, but there's definitely times when you watch someone perform and you can tell they're not giving it their all and it's not everything they're thinking about. Mm. But at least the times I've seen videos of you performing, I could tell it's the only thing that's within your mind in that moment. Because I'm not performing. What are you doing? I'm existing. And I'm being a vessel. And I'm being present. So if in that sense, would that mean even with the absence of a stage, you would still be doing what you're doing? I exist full time. It's not a performance. I'm not a performance. I'm not a caricature of myself. I am me. I exist full time. Exactly. So I'm intrigued by that because it's one thing to... Because you are expressing yourself innately when it comes to being on a stage, no? I don't need a stage. No. I'm not performing. I'm existing. My life is not a performance. My life is an existence. I don't mean necessarily, I guess, you're exist. I guess I mean in reference My to My message music. is present all the time. It's not just the music. It's not just anything. It's embedded in everything I do. So here's an interesting question for you then in that regard. Why mm -hmm. do you think it is that that might not be the case for others? Or would it be, maybe, am I hey, thinking maybe too Western? God. Yes, you are. I am, uh, yes, aren't I? Yes, you are. <laughs> because you know, it, like yeah, correlating to... Yeah, questions. No, that's the thing, though. I'm trying not to be so typical, but when we're, like, when I'm thinking about what we discussed before, <laughs> that's such a Western way of seeing it, I guess. And c c It's like, no, but tell me why. No, but, no, but. <laughs> that's what always happens. Like, but, no, but. But which one is more important? How do you but? <laughs> well, tell me this. What I was I doing. I love it. Oh, yeah, but tell me this though. What I was doing just now, <laughs> when you started coming to the States for the first time, do you think you recognized right away the way people silo things in different kind of like. Oh classes? my gosh, it just. Th this whole way of thinking just still doesn't. I, I don't get it. I get where it's coming from because it's a cultural thing, right? Yeah. Obviously, but. I guess I almost have to take the questions people ask me and go, no, <laughs> and then shake it up and then go, I think this is what you want to be asking. Right? Well, I think a good thing about that and what I appreciate about what you just did, it's like answering in that way makes sure, make sure that nothing you say could be misconstrued. No. Especially when it comes to your art. It's very important. Well, not your art, your My existence. existence. Exactly. See, I'm learning now. <laughs> Progress. Exactly. Well, in that regard then, then I'd like to ask this in a different way. In regards to existence within the context of singing, mm -hmm. what does that feel like for you? Because you're like, when I listen to your music or when I've seen the way you perform, sorry, exist, there's an expressive quality to it that I feel is so innately significant to you. And it could be in reference to the spirits that you discussed before and not necessarily from where you're from, but your existence. But I wonder like, what does it feel like? Honestly, half the time I don't remember. Really? It just kind of happens almost like in a blink of an eye. It's funny because sometimes people describe going on stage as being one or two things. Either they're on stage and it feels like the longest span of time ever, mm -hmm. or they feel like it happened in like 30 seconds when it was like a 90 minutes. I think so. it depends where I'm performing. So there's spaces where I'm. It's, uh, we're having Western conversations again. <laughs> okay, so music in a space that is not so commercial is a way to engage the spirit to open the spirit to draw people together to call on energies and spirits and beings that are in other realms right music is very potent that's why in indigenous spaces and in africa you find music to be something that is done in the kitchen in the shower 
during your walk because you're present with your spirit. You're meditating through sound. You don't need it to come from outside of you. It comes from inside of you out into the world. And then the birds go and then the trees are rustling and then you become, you create harmony with the universe. It's not a la 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 type of thing. Yeah. Everyone's contributing to this universal magnificence and sonic um, praise, if you will. Yeah. Right? So, that being said, if that's the purpose of sound, you're living in a city where sound is not so much respected because all you hear is trucks and wee 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 wee. You guys you <laughs> literally know, all day. Right? But sound is supposed to be healing. All of the sounds, the organic nature's sounds of nature are designed to be healing. So, if I look at it that way, then me opening my mouth and going la is nothing too too special. I just have to understand that every time I go la, it's with the purpose. Yeah, exactly. And it's with intention. I think that's the thing I'm stuck on, uh, not stuck on, but the thing I'm intrigued about in regards to you specifically, that aspect of intent when it comes to something. It's important. It is. You know what, like, well, going into what you brought up just in regard, in the first regards of that, uh, when you brought up uh, the element of uh, the depend, not the dependence, but how it shifts, like, depending where you're performing. In a place like here tonight, uh, National Sawdust here in Brooklyn, mm -hmm. which would be performing. You performed here a couple weeks ago, if I'm remembering correctly. No, I've performed here two or three times doing other things. Yeah. Well, this oh. is my presentation as a resident. How have you found the experiences here prior? And what do you th expect for the experience? Oh, it's very now? different. I think everything I've done here has been either in collaboration with others or it's been opening weekend. We had something really small. This is actually my first actual production here. And what are you looking forward to in regards to that? Like, what, like, because it's one thing, it's like you said, it's one thing to be working in service and collaboration with somebody else, but when you're presenting your art, mm -hmm. what do you think it is that's going to surprise people here? I don't know. They'll have to tell me. Yeah. What was it? I exist in this world all day. Uh, these are things that I've envisioned and I've meditated on for years. So for me, it's very familiar. So someone else will have to tell me their perspective. And that's where power to the God within, within you. Your God is going to speak to you as you experience this work. I can't speak to that. It's a very personal experience. Do you enjoy that though? Like when people come up to you after a show, or if they see you on the street, or and they tell I you. I want them to have their own experience. It's not about me. It's not so you can come and sit and magnify me. No, I meant particularly in regards to sharing their experience with they you. Should. Like, yeah. Because that's what informs my work. It does. My work is for the people. So they need to tell me if it's working or not. I think a lot of artists get stuck in this thing of like, you know, I'm an artist. You, it's either you get it or you don't. No, I'm actually responsible to make sure that I'm, I'm communicating effectively. That's beautiful. That you As a messenger. I have to speak the right language and make sure that my message is what? Delivered. Exactly. And understood. Otherwise, I failed to do my job in it. Yeah. But it is just like you're saying. There's so many artists who find themselves missing that mark or just thinking rather of their selves holistically rather in response to people. It's interesting. It feels very much more holistic in the way you described it because everything informs everything else. I think the element of service is what's missing, perhaps. That's a good point. Because it is interesting. Because when you think about the way people... Well, I'm thinking Western again, because I was thinking about how people in the West use music like, you know, like as commute to work and make themselves feel better. But I would say that's probably more or less the same everywhere in the world. At least how people consider music within their day-to-day -day lives. But not really, because the way you... 
You know, I love the way you're making me think. <laughs> <laughs> I love the confusion on, on your face as you're like, wait, wait no. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> well, because, no, I think this is what's fascinating when you get to talk to someone from somewhere else. You, it makes you realize, like, how ignorant you are in regards to your day-to-day life, in regards to how someone else lives their day-to-day mm. life. But that's what's amazing about talks like this, where it's an exchange of other thoughts, ideas, and ideologies where I get to learn from you and you get to learn, well, probably not nothing from me, but I get to learn. <laughs> I'm always learning. <laughs> always learning. No, that's really beautiful. You know, I wanted to bring up a friend of mine um, who works with you quite a bit, Liz Manny. She does photos. Yes, with yes, design. I've been... I've been working with her for a number of years, yes. Yeah, something that I find myself very fond of when she takes photographs of you is I feel like I'm getting so much of the energy and the creativity and the color and because the... Because I yell at her to give it to me. <laughs> to you. That's why I've stuck with Liz. I prefer to work with one person who's learning to understand my language. Um, I think I'm very particular about my visual communication. Um, people always want to take photos because to them, you're an aesthetic, you're a mood board, you're whatever, whatever, whatever. I like to take a picture and understand that the picture doesn't go anywhere unless it's with the right messaging. So I have one photographer. <laughs> yeah, that's how to go about it. And does it... And Liz, we grow together. And we've had a two to three year relationship now. That's really beautiful. That's why you see a lot of my photos from New York, it says Liz Manny for if you to archives because she's, I'd rather work with one person who actually understands why I'm doing this and isn't just capturing me for glamorous reasons. No, exactly. And I have a feeling she's listening because she definitely listens to these things. Oh, yeah. 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 And she's, she's, yeah. she's also become mindful. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, she, she's learning to become far more mindful of where to catch the messaging rather than catching a pretty picture, which is what it starts out as right so most people want to capture like me and Liz working together I would always say my face doesn't have to be in every picture <laughs> and it would be a struggle because of course I want to take a picture of your face which is what most photographers do yeah. whereas for me I feel like the finger that's a picture of the tip of the finger is just as effective or should be perhaps even yeah just as effective as a picture of any other aspect of me and with Liz my goal with her and I put it in the and I guess in a funny way by saying, even if I'm not in the picture, you should feel the energy. I like my work. that. My work, my visual work is consistent. I need you to be able to look at a color scheme and go, that's a fifiawa to color scheme. Uh, I love that. And that takes time. That takes building relationship. That, take, that takes sharing a vision and sharing the why so uh, that everybody can see it through that lens, that shared lens of this is the reason why we're doing this. Yeah. You know, I'm doing my best in my head to kind of steer clear of asking things pertaining to how you're feeling, but I can't help but wonder because I am a photographer also and I work with musicians from time to time, and I do find myself wondering how they feel seeing their vision conveyed through my work. And I ask in regards to you, how do you feel seeing, how does it make you feel seeing your vision conveyed in Liz's work, for example? So, photography is supposed to be capturing a moment, right? And we're assuming that once the moment is captured, it's, just, it's an authentic capture of that moment. I believe that it's very easy for a photographer to take what I create and tell a completely different narrative from it, depending on how they shoot the moment. Yeah. I do visual. I'm behind the camera a lot of the times. So. 
um, what's important above all else, I think I've already said this to some extent, is the intention with which the clicks are happening. When I say we're all slave to the message and not the medium, not the tool, it means that we understand that this is the why and the camera is just a tool. So it's not that my work is being conveyed in Liz's work. That sounds like, again, Western lingo. Liz is capturing what's happening in the most authentic, holistic, pure sense possible. That's our goal. Without in sort of putting too much of her own perspective into it, but her also humbling herself to catch the, the truth of a moment. So it's not cosmetic. It's not with an ulterior motive. Mm -hmm. It's actually with just a genuine commitment to why this moment exists. So if you come to a show, and the show is meant to be a space of healing and restoration and community for people, then in capturing that, you assuming that you are also of that same mindset and that same spirit, and that's what you're also looking to create as one of the many elements in this space, because there's musicians, there's the dancers, there's the people who are there to experience this, we are all part of the why. And when we're all together in the why, it shows through in all of our manifestations, whether it's photography, videography, the music, the dance, whatever. So, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. It's a harmonious experience yeah. with everyone on the same page. So it's not like my work done through another layer of somebody else's work. No, it's all yeah. within the same What I love about that, energy. though, is I feel like it harkens so much to everything you've been saying throughout this talk. And, I mean, something that's been blowing me away is I feel like everything you're saying, like, correlates to one another, which I... What, it's all the same thing. Yeah, but, like, I think... <laughs> It's important to stress, and I think I've said this like a couple times a little bit too many, but like I just you don't see that all the time, or you don't see that more as much as you would hope to in regards to someone expressing themselves mm. and their existence. So I just think it's very, um, I, I find it quite incredible, honestly. Thank you. Yeah. I guess that's a, an appropriate response. Thank you. Yeah, I think so. We, we say that in the West quite a bit, you know. I have thank a couple you. more questions for you. I really want to thank you for taking the time to chatting with me. You know, um, I'm doing my best again to make sure I don't ask a question too Western. <laughs> but one of the key elements in regards to how you exist, whether on a stage or not on a stage, I think mm -hmm. I'm doing okay now, mm -hmm. is movement, the mm -hmm. element of movement. Yes. I'm sure you're always asked about like movement in regards to how do you find singing and movement. How do you feel, what do you think when people ask you that? Because I imagine in some regards to you, it's just one and the same, really. So much. It's all vibration. It's all vibration. Yeah. It's all energy. Is it taxing at all? Because I've been with singers before where when they're dancing, well, when they're moving and they're dancing or any type of physical exertion, it, they do find it kind of, um, what's the right word? They do find it like influencing how they're singing or the infliction of it. Oh, absolutely. There's a physical stamina that's required and that's more skill-based. But I think, again, I understand movement and sound to be very harmonious. I can't listen to sound without moving. Um, you know, it's just vibration. Um, and as far as invoking spirit, sound and movement go very much in.
Yeah, I love that. You know, something I really wanted to find myself asking you about was, I remember, I think it was just a year ago, you performed New Year's Eve in Times Square. I remember mm -hmm. watching like a clip of that. That's something that a lot of people would love to do. It's something that a lot of people would just think is such a, just a crazy thing. Do you remember what that experience was like for you? It was hectic. Was it? Incredible. It must have been a cold, bloody day, right? It was. Oh, <laughs> but you know, I think being the first unsigned artist to play a platform that big, mind-blowing. It really is. But I really went to show, I mean, I sang a song in half airway. You really did. And you sung the hell out of it, my dad. <laughs> These people don't understand shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> One million people. But, um... It was, I think the biggest thing for me was making sure that the intention reached far and wide. You know? Yeah. That the energy became big and reached far and wide. And no matter where people were standing, they felt like I was in front of them and singing directly to them. I think that was my major goal. Well, you to expand. You achieved it because I watched it and I rewatched it just like a couple of days ago when I knew I was going to talk to you. That's definitely what I felt. It felt like you were coming at me off the screen. <laughs> Bless. Cheers for that. Uh, before I like wrap up with you here, um, we talked before about your home, but we've also. I want something I was very keen on asking you about is that I know you find yourself in New York quite a bit. Would yeah. it be safe to say New York, in some ways, has become almost like a second? One of them, home? yes. I think, but it's also the space where I like to say I have my biggest microphone, my biggest amplifier. What do you so mean? If by I want to disrupt the world, New York is definitely my biggest amplifier. What makes? What is it you think? Uh, because all the rubbish that informs the rest of the world comes from here anyway, so why should the good <laughs> come from here as well? It's true though. It's true. All the nonsense comes from here, so the good should also come from here. But tell me this then, in regards to being aware that all like a good amount of rubbish comes from here. Yeah. What it what do you think it was that you found when you came here? Not necessarily found, because found makes it sound like you were looking for something, but I guess I mean in regards to like do you feel like there was anything you experienced or saw within New York that you had never seen or experienced before? I think it's the commitment to disciplining yourself and actually acquiring skills and not just saying, I'm this. You wake up one day, I'm this. New York, you'll find people who are actually good at what they do. And in this age of social media where it's like one hit wonder, you, know, you, do, one, you do one trick and then, ah, you've made it. New York still allows me to appreciate the level of focus and obsession that people apply to the things they really care about. That's beautifully put. Thank you so much for finding the time to chat with me. I really Thank appreciate you. it. It's been a pleasure.